The following is a podcast of Echo, a middle school ministry at Victory Family Church. For more details, visit lifeatvictory.com slash middle school. I really believe that I'm speaking to some overcomers this morning. And I just got to tell you, you know what? Wow. It's, it's so funny because like we're all on this side of the room, but it looks pretty good. So I'm just going to move my podium. Is that okay? Can I scooch to the side? Is that going to, anybody going to have a sore neck? This is so weird. I just let it go. It was a fun moment. Hey, I'm so excited for today. Is this too far? I don't know. Does this look weird? Is it okay? I do have ADD. Squirrel moment. Guys, I'm so excited. I believe that I've got some overcomers in the house. We're in this series, Overcomers. And uh, man, this is week two. Week two uh, uh, of the overcomers. And uh, you know, the Bible, Scripture teaches us this, that we are more than conquerors through Christ. Anybody believe that today? Come on, and, and, and if you don't, I just pray that I can encourage you, that God will encourage you today. Um, today, we're going to continue to talk about overcoming something that, that entangles us, that so often entangles our lives, and, and um, we're going to continue to talk on, on, on the thought of what God has been doing so big in my life, and it's, it's the word comparison. I couldn't shake it last week. I just couldn't shake it, and so I, I want to come back at it again and uh, from, a, from another avenue on comparison today. So I don't want you to tune out because I believe that God's got some good stuff in store for us today. Somebody say, come on. Come on. So today, today I want to talk around the thought of comparison, and, 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 and here's this. Comparison is not vision. Comparison is not vision from God for your life. It's not vision from God for your life. And... Uh, and if you missed last week, please, I got to encourage you, please find a way to go back and listen to the podcast, Echo at Victory. Go, go to the Google Play or, or, or go to the, the, the iPod podcast app. Go there and, and listen to that if you missed it last week as we continue on this thought. But, but listen, God dealt with my heart so strong and I want to continue this week. And so we're extending the series. I feel like God's not done teaching us about comparison. Somebody say Comparison. And last week I told you, that was so funny, <laughs> I'm sorry, last week I told you that, that Alyssa and I have a huge announcement, and I'm going to get to that, I'm going to get to that into a moment as, as we, we share that announcement with everybody, but I want to give you a look into the next two weeks, and, uh, and also if you're new to our church, if you're new to our church, we exist so that all people can realize God loves them unconditionally. Do you know that God loves you unconditionally? If you know that, can you just raise your hand? If you know that and you believe that. I just pray that you believe that with everything in you because it's so true. Listen, that's why we're all about students being known, needed, and nobody forgotten about. That, that's what small groups is about. We do small groups here. It's awesome. I love our small groups. Somebody say, come on. We're going to say, come on, like 50 times till we have energy. That's what I feel like. Come on. By the way, guys, you belong in your family. Did you know that? You belong in your family. If I haven't said it to you, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Hey, I, I, I just want to encourage you to go ahead and open up God's word. We're going to go to Acts 2. Acts 2.17. And listen, while you're getting your Bibles out, your B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me, and you're opening up to God's word, you, maybe you have your phone on you. That's your Bible too. So go ahead, get out God's word. If you don't have it, there's a, there's a closet in the back. It goes to Narnia, so don't go in there too far. But get yourself a Bible. And I just want to encourage you to take notes. Note takers are... So write it down. 
I believe that you've got to be an echo before you can be a voice. I believe that you've got to be an echo before you can make a, be a megaphone. And God wants to speak to you today. God wants to do some things in your heart. So I just encourage you, write it down. Write it down. No takers or history makers. So this is Acts 2, 17 through 18. You're with me? Say yeah. yeah. So this is what I'll do in the last days. Now this is God speaking. This isn't Ben. This isn't the president. This isn't your teachers. This isn't your coaches. This is God speaking. God said, listen, this is God's promise. This is a promise. And I'll do this in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. And young men will see visions. And old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Somebody say prophesy. What does that even mean? Well, well, what it means is you're, you're going to be a generation, you and I are going to be a generation that regardless of what it looks like, that we're going to stand in the face of despair and discouragement and, and we're going to speak faith. We're going to speak hope. We're going to speak healing. We're going to speak love. We're going to speak life in the name of Jesus. Come on, we're going to actually be a generation that stands right in the midst of problems and declares answers. Somebody say, I'm an answer. Oh, I don't think you believe it today. Somebody say, I'm an answer. Come on, you're an answer. See, most people think this. I love this. Most people think that they're anointed, that they're a grace to criticize. They think they're anointed to criticize, that they can call out everything that's wrong with so-and-so, everything that's wrong over here. I don't like this. I don't like that. Stop it. You're not anointed to criticize. You're anointed to prophesy. What is prophesying? Calling out what God sees, right? Calling out what God sees in someone. Come on. We're a generation that, that's called to prophesy what God is saying. I think we're going to have fun today. I really do. Somebody just say, come on. We're going to declare God's promises into the future. But listen, listen, we got to know when we are. And we are a people that God wants to speak to now, right now. He's not waiting for later. He's not waiting for tomorrow. He's waiting to speak to you now. And we got to say, God, what do, you, what do you have for me? What are you saying? Listen, we got to wake up and be who God's calling us to be now. And you can't be who God's calling you to be if you're comparing yourself to somebody else. It's so big right now. And, and, and you can't be who God's calling you to be if you're comparing yourself to somebody else. And so you could write down today's title of our talk. It's called Comparison is Not Vision. Comparison is not vision. It's not the vision that God has for your life. God, God wants you to be you. And we need to find out who God's calling us to be. So we're just going to pray because I need to calm down. I need to settle my heart. I need to relax. I'm so excited for where we're going today. Can we just bow our heads and we pray? God, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it strengthens us. God, I thank you that you created us to be us, that uniquely, we're all uniquely made. God, you know every hair on our head. Father, you love us. You hold us in the palm of our hand. And God, I thank you that that becomes a reality today, that we realize that we have all the toolbox, and we have the toolbox and all the tools in the toolbox to be us and who you've created us to be. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Amen. Hey, I, I, shared, <clears throat> I shared last week that, that Alyssa and I, we have a huge announcement. 
huge announcement. So I wanted to take a moment and just share with you, share what God's doing in our heart, what God's been doing. And um, some of you guys might know, but, um, you know, Alyssa and I, we both have accepted uh, a position at the church. And so we're stepping into a new season where we're going to oversee Echo and Sozo. What is Sozo? Sozo is the high school ministry. So if you're in eighth grade, everybody say, I'm stuck with Ben forever. I saw a yay. I saw a yay. That blessed me. Thank you so much. Um, but, but we're stepping into this new season. We're just being obedient to what, what God is calling us to do to oversee student ministries. Now, I just want to clear the air in case anybody's thinking anything. Nothing's changing in Echo. I'm going to be here forever and ever and ever and every single weekend. You guys are going to see Alyssa and I. We're not, we're not going anywhere. I'm still going to be doing the messages, and, and that's not changing. And I'm also going to be serving at Sozo. And I'm excited for what God has for us in this next season. And, and I just got to tell you something that, that Alyssa and I have been dealing with. Can I just be real today? Is it okay? Can we, just, can we just be real? Can we not play church today? Can we just be real and talk about real things for a second? I got to tell you something that's so big that Alyssa and I have been navigating. You know, th- this transition for us started a few months ago. And we were processing and we were praying about some things. And, 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 and if I'm so brutally honest, comparison was such a big thing for me. It was like people came out of everywhere. People came out of the woodwork to hit us over the head with things and just go conk and say things like, how are you going to do this? You can't do this job. You can't do and And, and, and you're not like so-and-so. How, here's a question. That literally, this, this came up. How are you going to be so-and-so? I just got to tell you, it, I, I was just, I was, I was watching the, the, the high school minister do his thing. And I'm like, God, I'm just, I'm not him. I'm not that person. And how am I going to do this? And, and it started to beat me up. It started, the, the thought of comparison. Anybody ever dealt with comparison in here? Come on, raise your hand, shame the devil, tell the truth, right? Come on, it's a real thing. And, and I was really dealing with comparison. And, and, and I just got to tell you. God dealt with my heart. God did some things so real in me. And I, I'm, not, I'm not Zach. I'm not Zach. Because God has a grace on my life to be me, to be Ben Archer. God has a grace on Zach's life to be Zach, right? And God has given me all the tools in the toolbox to do what he has called me to do. And I just want to encourage you today that God has given you all that you need to do what God's calling you to be. And if we're always looking over to the left, we'll miss out on what God is calling us to do. And we won't walk in our full calling, God's calling for our life. And, 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 and listen, listen, if you're going to compare yourself to someone else, you will compromise your calling. I'm going to give you a few thoughts today, a few thoughts to write down. I pray that you're taking notes this morning. Number one is this. We're going to jump right in real quick. I'm just going to go, right? Number one is this. You got to know who you are. You got to know who you are. This is, God has just been overwhelming me and flooding my heart. And so I'm just going to throw up on you what God's been throwing up on me. You got to know who you are. We've got a whole generation trying to figure out what they're supposed to do and who they are. A whole generation. You could call them millennials, right? They're the people that are a little bit older than us. They're trying to figure out what, the, what they're to do when they don't know who they are. And when you don't know who you are, it's impossible to figure out what you should be doing. But you don't find out who you are in the presence of people. 
You find out who you are in the presence of God. Come on, so we have a whole generation that's, that's being overcome and overwhelmed by the presence of people. I'm not even talking physical people. Like you could think school, you could think always seeing classmates and being around 40 people, 50 people, being in a large group, but I'm talking about social media. I'm talking about never having a down moment and being inundated or let's say flooded with other people's opinions and, and all of their thoughts just always in front of our face. That we're missing out on the moment to have alone and be overwhelmed in God's presence, to get alone with him. Because in the presence of God, God will call you forth by name. God will call you forth by name. So now I grew up a difficult child. I've shared a lot of stories, right? You could call me the bad kid as I was growing up. You, 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 uh, often I was the kid that wasn't liked. You could also call me the annoying kid. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got stories for days. There's a lot of stories around that. But, but you definitely wouldn't think if you knew me then that I would be in ministry now. You'd be like, there's, there's no way that God could use someone like that. Absolutely. And so, so, see, as I grew up, both of my parents, they, I actually grew up in a home. I'm just being real today. I grew up in a home where both of my, Christian, both of my parents, they were Christians, but they never fully matured. They never grew into what God had for them. And so my dad was an alcoholic, and my mother was, was, a, was extremely codependent. What do I mean by that? It, 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 she couldn't live without my father's overwhelming emotional help. My dad had to build her up every day, every single day exhausting and 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 I was kind of I grew up in this with this separation from my parents because they were so consumed with their own issues that I had to figure out on my own what what God had for me but let me tell you something that was so cool I got born again I asked Jesus Christ into my heart and and when I got born again God began to call me forth in the likeness not of the name I used to be not in the name that I was, but the name that I would one day be. When I was in sixth grade and I was sitting on a bus, I got on a bus to go away for a science retreat. And literally, as all my friends got on the bus, they, they, were, they were, what's up, Pastor Ben? What's up, Pastor Ben? I'm like, what? Bro, you don't know me. I'll cut you. You know, like, I'm like, God, there's no way I could ever do something. I'm not, no, 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 no. And it made no sense to me whatsoever. But he began, God began to call forth in, in destiny and strength and begin to speak things over me that I had no idea at the time. God wants to call you forth into your destiny. God wants to shift things for you, but, but he needs you to know who you are. I heard God say a, a few weeks ago, he spoke through a a preacher, and, and this was so amazing. He, he, said, he said, you know, I, I don't love my children equally. And I thought, what? That's crazy because, God, if you, if you, you have to love us all the same or that wouldn't be fair. And, 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 and he said, same implies that you're replaceable. He said, equal implies that my love can be measured. He said, I do not love my children equally. I love them uniquely. God loves you uniquely. Did you know that each and every single one of us were woven to express God's love in this earth? That we are uniquely loved. His love isn't cut into pieces and divided amongst us. You get a portion, you get a portion, you get a portion. No. He loves us uniquely. 
He loves you, designed you. His love isn't divided amongst us. He uniquely loves us, and there's a unique crafting on your life. And you got to catch the vision that God has for your life. And listen, if you're going to catch the vision that God has for your life, you can no longer try to be someone else. Someone else. i got to share a, a scripture with you real quick. Let's go to the Bible. Matthew 16, 13. It's going to come up on the screen. This is what the message says. Number 13. When Jesus arrived in the village of... Whenever you come across a word in the Bible that you're going to struggle on, you just muscle through it, okay? Philippi. And he asked his disciples, what are the people saying who the Son of Man is? This is Jesus talking. They replied, some think he's John the baptizer. Some say Elijah. Some say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But Jesus pressed them. How about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, son of the living God. Jesus came back. God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of a podcast or an Instagram feed. No, you, my father in heaven, God himself let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you really are. You are Peter, a rock. I want to tell you something. Echo, I got to tell you something, that, that, you, that when you have a revelation of who God really is, and you're in his presence, he will begin to tell you who you really are. Not who you've been, but who you really are. Not who you are yet, but who you really are. And, and, and he goes on to say, you're Peter. You're a rock. Who you had been before, who, who was Peter before? Peter, Peter, by the way, Peter, it, it means reed-like. What, what does that mean? Every time the wind blows, it means pliable. It means influenced by what it hears and says. And God's like, Peter, you are this way, but, but I'm going to tell you who you really are. You're, you're Peter, you're a rock. You are rock solid, rock solid. I don't care what you've been in the past. There, there's somebody that you really are, and God wants to tell you who you are. Are you awake today? Listen what the Bible continues to say. This is the rock on which I'll put together my church. A church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. Now that's really exciting. But he doesn't even stop there. He, 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 he says, and, and that's not all. You will have, you will have, Echo will have. Students will have, you will have, not just Pastor Ben, you will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth. Earth and heaven, a yes on earth is a yes in heaven and a no on earth is a no in heaven. Come on, you've got complete access. You don't have to come through Ben. You don't have to come through your small group leader. You have complete access to everything that Jesus died to provide for us. You have complete access, but you just need to ask. And you won't ever ask if you don't know who you are, and you won't know what to ask for if you don't know who you are. And we're in an urgent time period where God has created you now. Now, for such a time as now. And we need to be standing in the gap and speaking out by faith what God is going to do. 
We need to be people that are understanding our season and when everybody else in culture is flowing like this and waving back and forth and being swayed, we need to be a rock. Because truth is not a river, truth is a rock, and truth is not a what, truth is a who, and Jesus is truth, and he's the living word of God, and thy word is truth, and, and I'm not, that's not meant to be mean that the word is truth, but, but you don't need to be happy about what's foundational, it's truth, okay, the word is truth, so read the word, because you got to get this right here, I need you to lean in, if you don't hear anything, you got to hear this right now, you got to lean in and hear this. Because when you read the word of God, it becomes a mirror and you actually find out who you are. And the second thing is this. The moment that you stop comparing yourself to one another, you'll realize that you're an answer. Say, I'm an answer. Say, I'm an answer. You're an answer. You can't be the answer to a problem if you're trying to be somebody else. You don't have the tools to fix somebody else's problems. You're an answer. Did you know that even your problems can end up being an answer for somebody else? Even your personal problems that you go through can be an answer for somebody else. Did you know that? I just got to be real with you. I got to be real with you. I got a five-year journal. And so, so what that means is basically I journal every single day, and, uh, and, and I'm three years in. And so I do this for multiple reasons. I, I, I like, when I write in my journal, I like to write three things, right? I like to, I like to write down what is God doing in me fresh, it's almost like my own accountability so that if, if, if I, God, if you didn't speak to me today, then I need to get alone with you. You got to speak to me. I got to get something from you. God, what do you got for me? Right? That's number one. Number two is I write down the serious struggle that I'm facing. You could say fear. You could say overwhelm, whatever's overwhelming your heart, right? What is weighing you down? And, and number three, I like to write down what the win is for the day. What went well? What did God do today? And I look back in my journal and, and in January 10th, 2018 was one of the hardest times that I've ever had in my life. That's literally a year ago, almost a year ago from today. I just want to be so real, so real. Alyssa and I faced one of the hardest things that we've ever gone through. So let me rewind. I'm going to go, I'm going to give you, I'm going to get you caught up to January 10th. When Mila was born, God put on our heart to do some significant things. One of them was to prune a business that we had when we were bringing in some money. Another one of those things was that we believed that we wanted Alyssa to be a stay-at-home mom. Girls, are you okay? I don't want you to miss this, okay? And, uh, and so, so we pruned two things. We tried to get really focused because we, you know, we were just honoring what we felt God put on our heart. And, and when we did that, it was like everybody came out of the woodwork to hit us over the head and bring a problem to us that cost a lot of money. And so, so, so we went down to one income and, and literally one issue was like 600 bucks. Another issue was like 1000 Another issue was like $1,500. And can I tell you that, that in, in January, in January, right around that time frame, Alyssa and I lost over $20,000 due to issues that kept coming up. Business things. It was a lot of money. It drained us. Emotionally, physically, and financially, we were hit pretty hard. But you know what was so cool? Every single time that we had a problem, God provided. It, it, it was the most amazing thing that I've ever experienced in my life. We had an issue that would cost a significant amount of money, and we're like, God, what, what the heck? Where is this going to come from? And all of a sudden, God put it on somebody's heart, that amount of money. It was, it was the strangest thing. And that didn't just happen once. That happened like, like five or six times. But we did get to a point where we were drained. And so January 10th, 
January 10th, 2018. I'm getting ready to go and, and do a funeral for somebody that passed away. It was very sad. And as I'm getting ready to leave the house, Alyssa comes up and she's like, hey, hon, I just want you to know. I just want you to know that we only have $5 left in our bank account. And we don't get paid till the, 10th, till the 15th, and it's the 10th. We only have $5. And I'll be honest with you, it was such a low moment for me. I don't know if you've ever felt so low. I'm sure you have. But it was such a real low moment, and I'm, I'm, I was kind of irritated with God. I was kind of upset. And so I'm like, you know what, hon? I, I don't know what to do. We've got $5, and Mila's wearing her last diaper. And our gas tank is on empty. We literally had enough money to make, like, I, I, I could make it to the funeral. I don't know what I'm going to do after the funeral. I have no idea. No idea. And so I get in the car, and I'm just praying. I'm just being so real with God. I just encourage you to be real with God. And, 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 and I'm like, God, I've seen you deliver me time and time again, but I don't know how we're going to do this because I got five days before we get paid, and Mila's in her last diaper, and I don't have gas. And I make it there. And I'm kind of kicking myself because I'm like, here I am, I'm doing a funeral and I'm just trying to love on somebody else, but my mind is, my mind is somewhere else. I'm on my own issues and I'm just trying to encourage them and help them and tell them that they're going to make it. And I'm like, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. And somebody comes up to us after the funeral and they said, God, put it on our heart. They don't know me. They didn't know me. God put it on our heart to give you this amount of money, and it just happened to be enough to buy a box of diapers and to fill our gas tank. And God provided. God provided. It was one of the hardest times. And you know what? Here's the thing. When you're in leadership, when you're in leadership, you often feel like you can't go to anybody, that you can't go anywhere, that you're alienated because, because when the shepherd's bleeding, he doesn't bleed on the sheep. The sheep don't know how to handle the blood. And so it's just where do you go to when you're bleeding and you don't know how to navigate it and you can feel alone? And we felt so alone. But God showed up. God showed up again and again and again. And just when we thought, like, oh, God, your timing, like, it couldn't have been any last minute. Like, wow. And he showed up. And I just got to tell you that there are absolute miraculous provisions of God. And each and every single one of us has, we've, we have been given everything that we need. Everything that we need that lives, that, to, to live a life that pleases God. And what the enemy intended to harm you, come on, God's going to turn it around and use it. He's going to use it for his good to glorify him. And my problem is turned around into a testimony. When it looked like the well dried up, God supplied. Come on. And how God supplies, it's amazing. Your problems can end up being an answer for other people. Do you hear me? You're an answer to the problem. I want to read this scripture to you because this is God's promise. I want to read this to you. This is 2 Peter 1, 3 through 5 from the message. It says, it says everything, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God the best invitation that we've ever received. We're also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your ticket to participation in the life of God after you've turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. 
So don't lose a minute building on what you've been given. You've been given everything. Not just everything. I mean, you've been given everything. Everything that you need to be the best you ever. Everything that you need is the promises of God. These are the miraculous promises of God. And each of us, we've been given everything, everything that we need to live a life that pleases God. A life that pleases God. A life that pleases God. And so much of that is actually being everything God's created us to be. He weaves each of us with, with, with dreams and wonders and hopes. And, 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 we are, and when we are fully alive in his promise in us, then he is seen through us. So you're an answer. I just got to tell you today, you're an answer. You're not a problem. I don't know what's been spoken over you. You're an answer. You're not a problem. Somebody say, come on. And receive that today. And watch this. This is the, the next step of being the best you ever. And, and I just I encourage you, you need to write this down. And we're going to close with this as the worship team comes out. Number three, you need to write it down. You need to write it down. Let's just make it so simple. You need to just write it down. If you haven't been taking notes in here, you need to take notes. You need to take notes. You need to write it down. You need to write down what God is speaking. You got to write down what God is speaking because listen, you, you don't know how many ideas have, have, have come to me that, that God has just softly spoken to my heart. Maybe it was in the morning. Maybe when, when, when I was getting up for, to, to go to work, it might be for you when you're going to school. And, and God has softly spoken to me, and I've, I've not written it down. And you know what happens? They've been beautiful things, but I forget them. They're just gone. But when you write something down, you honor it with weight. You say, that's valuable to me. You say, God, what you said is that is value, valuable to me. I respect that. I want to hold on to that. I, be, I believe what you're saying is true. You know, I've got the worst handwriting in the world. I do. If you've ever seen it, it looks like I'm, uh, I'm scribbling. It's horrible. It looks like I'm a terrorist. It's like if I write somebody a letter, it, it's like I'm writing them a death threat. It's horrible. People get scared when they read notes from me. But, but when, I, when I read something that has been written, like a handwritten note, it has a different meaning to me. It holds a different weight. Like, you know, you could send a text message, but it just, it's so different. It's personal. When you take the time to write something down, it, it has a different meaning. And when God whispers something to you and you write it down, everything shifts. Everything will shift. It's like you're saying, God, I, I believe you. I believe you. I believe it, God. I actually believe that. God, I believe that what you're speaking is true. I shared last week that there's a student. She just comes in every single service, and she sits like this. Can I borrow this? She don't even care. She's like, come at me, bros. She sits in the front row on Saturday nights, and she's like this. And she takes notes. She can recap to me every single message. In fact, one time she even caught me. And she said, Ben, what you spoke that one time was in a different message. I said, shoot, girl. That's what I'm talking about. Because here's what happens when you take notes. You will store things up in a well. What does a well offer? A well offers three things. Cold, refreshing water. It's mineral rich. 
It's nourishing. And it's deep. There's a lot of it. And so when you take notes, you're storing up things in, in the well of your heart. Okay? And the Bible says that a good man from storing up in his heart will do good things. And an evil man will speak evil things out of his heart. And out of his heart, his mouth will speak. What you put in will come out. The content you consume will come out. And we got to put good things in us. we got to put what God is saying in us. Are you hearing me today? we got to put it in our heart. you got to store it up in your heart. And I just want to encourage you to write down what God gives you because here's why. Here's why. Writing down what God gives you gives you clarity. It gives you peace. It gives you hope. It gives you an anchor. And it gives you a foundation. And here's what Habakkuk 2.1 says. And we're closing. It says this, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower. And I'll look out to see what he says to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. Here, you know, you and I, we, we actually have a watch post assigned by God. We, we have a position. You can't take your friend's position. You got to take your position. You have a position. As for me, I have a watch post over my wife and over our marriage. I'm a covering. I have a job. I have a job to do. I have a watch post over my daughter. I have a watch post over my community. I have a watch post over student ministries. I've got a watch post over young men and women that have come to me for mentoring. I have a watch post. You have a watch post. And you've got to understand that I've got a watch post and I have a station and I have this ability to climb a tower, to get up high. You know, you know, I love this idea of climbing a tower because you get an aerial view. I don't know if you've ever played Assassin's Creed. But when you're up there, bro, I'm talking right now. I'm talking right now. But when you're up there, you get this aerial view. You get this aerial view so that you can see what no one else is seeing. That's what I love about being a little bit older is because I can see roadblocks and hurdles and I can see things that don't really matter that aren't really that big of a deal. Does that make sense? But listen, it, it, and I love this. I love this so much. It says that the righteous will live by faith. And the next line says this. It says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it for still the vision awaits its appointed time while it waits till its appointed time. Write the vision and make it simple on your iPhone. Make it simple. Write the vision. Make it simple on your iPhone so that you may run with it in the appointed time. Wait for the right time. Write it now. Run with it later. You feeling me? Write it now. Run with it later. So take notes now for later. Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. God will bring forth in the fullness of time by writing it down. If you write it down, you will actually have a roadmap that you will recognize later. You will actually be able to say, God, this is what you spoke to me 10 years ago, 5 years ago, maybe, maybe 15 years ago, or maybe just back in December. God is calling you to be you. And you can't be you if you're looking at everybody else. The only way to find out who God is calling you to be is to get into his presence and and, and to realize who God is calling you to be. And a great way to start is by reading your Bible. 
start by reading your Bible, make it simple, whether it's one scripture, whether it's one passage, whether it's one page, one chapter, start by reading your Bible. Set a daily appointment with God so that he can speak to you. Just sit there and listen. Read the Bible and just sit. What do you got for me? What are you saying? What do you got for me? I'm not leaving. I'm not getting up until I hear you. You got something for me and I'm an answer. I'm not a problem and I want to know who you've created me to be. Because he has uniquely created you to be you and you're an answer. You're not a problem. And I want to pray over you as we close. Can we bow our heads? Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus that this year is a year without comparison. In 2019, God, that we're not looking to the left, we're not looking to the right, we're looking unto you, the author and finisher of our faith. And Father, show our students who they really are. Show them who they really are. God, shift their thinking so that they can realize they're an answer and that you've called them to be them to fix problems that only they can fix with you. And God, let them hear, hear their divine identity by calling them by name. Father, I thank you that they write things down in faith and that you bring it out later because of your faithfulness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you came in here today and you haven't made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If you haven't made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, can you bow your head? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life that no man comes to the Father except through me. There's no amount of money that will ever save you. There's no amount of friendships that will ever bring you to Jesus. There's no no amount of good deeds that will ever get you to heaven. It's only Jesus. Jesus, making Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says in Romans that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you haven't made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, if you haven't committed to him and you haven't made that relationship with him, I want to pray for you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, would you raise your hand? If that's you and you want to start your relationship with him, I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just pray together. As we pray together, Jesus is going to come into your heart and you'll never be the same. Let's pray. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus, you're the son of God. And you died on the cross for my sins. And I receive you to be my Lord. I'm a child of God. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Come on, give a big clap. Hey, if you made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, you can text 97,000 changed. It's going to come up on the screen. You can text that. We've got a 14-day devotional to get you started. If you don't know what to do and you've been in here and maybe you're saved and that's awesome and you don't know what to do, text that number and get the 14-day devotional and start today. I've got next steps for you, and and, and text that, but praise God. Can we come up and just celebrate who God is? Can we just have fun? Let's come on up, and let's worship God and give him everything you have today. Let him love on you and just chase after his heart this morning.